Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's always an interesting time in our uh, in our nation's capital, particularly with a minority government, even though this current minority government behaves like a majority government and doesn't get much in the way of pushback, it seems, or at least not effective pushback, from the official opposition. By the way, I invited Mr. O'Toole to be on this program this weekend because it's the last weekend. I'm doing live shows for 2021. I sent an email to his press secretary saying, would you like to have Mr. O'Toole on the program to do a year-ender? I guess they must not like me at all. Not even a reply. So whatever, whatever, it's, it's fine. It is absolutely fine because ultimately we don't need the politicians on this program. We have you and each other. So I don't know if you're listening, Aaron, but you should know these things are going on. Now, uh, when I say it's an interesting time in the nation's capital, few know this better than Mr. Tom Korski, the executive editor of Blacklock's Reporter at Minding Ottawa on uh, Twitter. And uh, Tom is with us, uh, weekly visit, or it's almost turning into weekly visits. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Roy? I'm, I'm great, Tom. Always love our conversations. So you reported uh, under the story heading, Vote First, Disclose Cost Later. I, I like this one. I don't want to like it. I like it because it tells us really, I think, what politicians think of us or what this minority government thinks of Parliament's effectiveness. Please share the story. It's interesting. It was a very sharp practice. It was like playing three-card Monty. And it's uh, not attractive, but it happened, and people should know it. Thank you for mentioning it, Roy. The cabinet had passed a uh, spending bill in the House of Commons, and this involved some uh, COVID relief payments. This was significant. The Minister of Finance, Christian Freeland, said, this is it. This is the last one. This is the last of the big-time spending bills. And she said it was worth about $7.4 billion, a lot of money. Well, it wasn't un- exactly certain that it was $7.4 billion, and MPs asked many times, how much is this 7 and Is it really 7 and then a point and a 4? We don't have that data available, right? Just passed the bill. They did as they were told. Merely minutes after the House of Commons passed the bill and MPs headed for the airport in a softly falling snow, to head for six weeks of Christmas recess, the Department of Finance and Minister Freeland disclosed the actual cost was 60% more. She lowballed it. The actual cost was $12 billion. She lowballed it by about $5 billion. Roy, that's chump change now. I understand that. That's a fraction of our debt ceiling. That used to be real money in this town. It did. And now, and now it's a punchline. $4.5 billion or $5 billion was about half of what we expected a nasty deficit to be. Oh, Roy, in, in the days where we paid down our national debt, you recall the blood, sweat, and tears it took Canadian taxpayers to pay down yeah. $4.5 or $5 billion on the year. That $4.5, $5 billion represents one-tenth of the whole GST collections for the whole country, for the whole year. That's big money. Today, it's a punchline as you head out for Christmas holidays. So what does this say to you, Tom? You've watched and you've been part of the Ottawa scene for a significant period of time. You're a member of the press gallery. You know what's going on in this in this country and in this government. So we have the finance minister and the deputy prime minister assuring that this last big-time spending bill, 
the last one of the big time, spending bills would be, as you said, $7.4 billion. Minutes after the MPs shake hands, put on their masks, and head for the airport or the railway station, or wherever they're going for this elongated Christmas uh, New Year vacation. The finance minister says, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Literally minutes. What does that speak to? Well, it does speak to cynicism and connivance. But, you know, I always, Roy, remember the words of the wise old federal judge who said, never ascribe to maliciousness that which may merely be incompetent. This is a Department of Finance that went an entire year without tabling a budget. Every county school board, every irrigation district in 2020 managed to come up with a budget. Every province, every legislature and town council, not the Parliament of Canada. If you can't come up with a budget, and you can't add, in pre-pandemic times, this is the same department, missed its deficit targets by 34%. I want to stress, Roy, they didn't lowball that. (laughs) That came in a lot high, 34%. In good times, they couldn't hit the target. So I think they are, to be generous, it is Christmas. They're just that incompetent. Hmm. We will later today, uh, in just about an hour's time, be speaking with the Parliamentary Budget Officer, Mr. Yves Giroux, will be back on this program, and I'll ask him about that. And again, yeah, we didn't have a budget. We didn't have a federal budget. We had a government that couldn't produce a federal budget, or wouldn't, for more than two years, and for weeks on end was spending billions of dollars without any accountability to Parliament or to members of Parliament. And Mr. Giroux pointed out, they're not telling us what they're spending the money on. They're not even telling us how much they're spending. And he did say words to the effect, I sleep better at night when I know where the money's being spent. Roy, uh, you could not run a library board this way. No no one else runs this way. (laughs) I don't know of any town council in the humblest village that runs its business this way. But this is how Parliament works. Mm. So another story that you have about Black Locks, the Trudeau government worries about not buying PPE from China. I would have thought... I, I, I would have thought that, that, you know, if we were to go back 20-odd months, we would have gotten over this worry. We would have known this was a perf- perfectly legitimate concern about buying PPE from China. But instead, the government worries about not buying PPEs from China. What's the story? Interesting. The uh, government of Canada... Uh, acting as an agent of the taxpayer, you spent, and I mean hundreds of millions of dollars on grants and sole source contracts, those where you get a contract with a phone call, you don't even have to bid, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for Canadian-made masks and other medical supplies. Interestingly, MPs noticed the masks distributed on Parliament Hill are made in Guangzhou from China. Are you kidding me, they said, in the Government Operations Committee. Let's stop that. Why don't we buy all those masks that we bought and presumably are in the system somewhere, as one MP, Kelly McCauley from Edmonton, put it. Oh, oh, oh. Well, it was almost a filibuster, Roy. They, they, they chewed the rag for a couple of hours, and it was explained that to boycott China-made masks was unbelievably complicated. There was a motion of a, from a Quebec, a block MP of all people, said, we deplore this. Let's support Canadian industry. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> God bless them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, oh, and, and the, the Government Caucus members said, this is unbelievably complicated. What about free trade agreements? Deplore, that's a little strong, said a Liberal MP Housefather from Mount Royal. Can't we just say we're concerned? And then they wound up doing nothing. As I want MP uh, Ben Lobb from Huron, Bruce, Ontario, said, can, can we just focus here? Can we, can we just get rid of the Chinese masks, he said, quote, unquote. It, it was... It was a bridge too far, Roy. They couldn't do it. I'm so glad they're there to represent us, Tom. I feel so much safer with these people in place. <laughs> now, now along comes StatsCan. And there's a great deal of concern just generally in society about our privacy, about how little privacy there remains. And on an almost daily basis, we can find where privacy has been violated. And yet along comes, as you point out on Black Locks Reporter, a StatsCan advisory panel saying Canadians must do their part and surrender more personal data and they want tougher compliance law. Well, why not? Please tell that story. Interesting, uh, Roy. You'll recall the big bank job, the big bank data scoop from 2018. StatsCan never announced that they had compelled all the federally chartered banks to surrender the most intimate financial data of millions of households, one and a half million households. And I mean your ATM withdrawals, your mortgage payments, your credit card balances, you name it. They have accessed millions of credit scores. Now, StatsCan says we need these uh, data to put together good products. What they don't mention is they do sell information, too. Did you know that? Stats Canada is not just a government's little helper. They do have a commercial business on the side, and it's not insignificant. Their revenues are serious revenues. So that's a pretty sweet business. Under the Statistics Act, they can compel any corporation to surrender anything at any time. They tried to on the banks, and in that case, they actually stretched the law, and they got busted, and they had to stop it. MPs and senators got very, very upset. As one senator said, when I go to my bank, that's between me and my banker. I'm not anticipating that there's uh, someone in Ottawa who is going to be looking through my credit card statements. That's none of your business. Now we see this report you mentioned, Roy. It, it's going to be interesting because it'll be a fight. And that's a StatsCan advisory panel says, you know what, we have to put more teeth in the law. And we asked, what, what, it's funny about teeth. What is it done? Do tell. What would be the enforcement measure? How would you, I'm not, I don't want to surrender my data. Now what? That was turned into a rhetorical question. They didn't want to answer that, Roy. That, watch, that, that's a good one to pick, Roy. That'll be a fight. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.